Oh, it's a joy to be with you in the presence of the Lord on this special night as we anticipate celebrating the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ tomorrow. It's a question that's probably been asked a number of different ways over the course of this season by a number of different voices. The question is, what is Christmas really all about? What is this holiday really all about? How would you summarize it? I made the mistake of taking some time to shop in Cool Springs this week. As I stood behind a lady in line as she was checking out, the lady behind the counter asked her, so what are your plans for Christmas? Oh, we're going to have all the family in. We're going to have a big Christmas dinner together, which is our tradition. We'll enjoy some great Christmas movies. I'll spend most of the day in my flannel pajamas, though she'll probably burn up this year <laughs> in those flannel pajamas. And then she said to her, she said, you know, that's what Christmas is all about. Got me thinking, what is Christmas all about? Would you answer it similarly to the woman who was in front of the line there with me this week? As I began to reflect on that question, I wondered how many people would probably answer it similarly. Maybe most people would answer it along those lines. It made me realize that probably more times than not, people go through the entirety of a Christmas season and never really think about the meaning of Christmas, what it really is all about. It's becoming harder and harder to truly encounter the gospel of Jesus Christ and not let the flannel pajamas and the hot apple cider or cold, maybe this year, or the blockbuster movie that comes out in the month of December to capture our hearts more than the Savior whose name is emblazoned on this holiday. Now, when I say it a little bit like that, I, I feel a little bit like a cranky old man being a little bah humbug with you on your Christmas festivities. I don't mean to be that guy. I love sitting next to the fireplace when it's cold with that hot apple cider when it's cold and listen to Bing Crosby croon out Silent Night like the rest of you. I enjoy that. The problem tends to come when we get caught up in Christmas and we never really catch a glimpse of Christ. If I was to title this night's message, which I didn't title, as you'll notice in the bulletin, I would give it a very unsentimental title. I would call it the battle cry of Christmas. And when I say battle cry, I don't mean shopping at Costco in Cool Springs during this month. I don't even mean the Christmas dinner with your in-laws. I mean a real war. Christmas is really about war. Uh, the biggest fight the most significant clash in all of human history. It's a fight that really gets us to the very heart of Christmas. And maybe the fact that we don't think about war at all during Christmas points to maybe the problem. 
because it's the very first thing that's spoken of Christmas when we turn our attention to the Bible. The very first thing that's ever said about Christmas is the fact that there's going to be a fight. If you just let your mind drift back to the very opening of the, of the Bible itself in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, you may remember that, that heart-wrenching moment when Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden tree of the f- knowledge of good and evil. And they tumbled headlong into sin and they brought the rest of us with them when they did. And in the midst of that darkness, God began to speak truth into it. And he prophesied a light. He extended a hope, a salvation. He said in Genesis 3.15 that there will come one, a seed of the woman, a child, who when that child comes, will come to crush the head of the serpent. That seed of the woman in Genesis 3.15 that thousands of years earlier God himself had prophesied would come is none other than that little baby in the manger. None other than God's general who has come on a seek and destroy mission. Who has come on the behalf of his people to carry out a battle plan against your and my greatest enemy. The enemy of sin. The enemy of death. Don't be deceived about all the baby, all the new baby smell of Christmas, all the baby soft skin of Christmas, all the sweetness of new life at Christmas. That one who lies in the manger is here for a long anticipated skirmish to go toe to toe, headlong with the evil one. A siege warfare that has been going on from the foundations of the world between heaven and earth, between the forces of darkness and light, between the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God. If you've ever wondered why Jesus Christ's life was marked by rejection and attack from the beginning to the end, this is why. He's here as a warrior. He was, even as a little child, one who was under attack. As you remember, King Herod tried to bring everything that he possibly could to snuff him out, as we read about in Matthew chapter 2, when he heard that a new king was on earth through the voices of the wise men. And he gave an edict for every child under the age of two to be destroyed in Bethlehem. And the massacre of the innocents is part of what we even remember in the church calendar in the days to come. It was all an attempt to just simply destroy the one who had come to destroy the evil one. When Jesus first opened his mouth in the city of Nazareth, his own hometown, you remember he read from the prophet Isaiah and everybody was immediately offended at him. And they ran him out of town on a rail. And it wasn't long thereafter where the Pharisees began to plot the demise of Jesus, wanting to see him destroyed. You see, each day in the life of this baby that we celebrate and remember today and tomorrow in the season of Christmas was a day of battle. It was a day where he was participating in a long prophesied attack. And it was a foretaste of what would come. When one of his very own, one of his disciples, by the name of Judas Iscariot, would, with a traitor's kiss, just 33 years later, 
kiss him on the cheek and indicate this is the one that you want and deliver him in to the hands of his captors of where he would then go to the hottest part in the battle, the fiercest line in the war between kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God. He would go to the cross. That's really what Christmas is about. Now, Some of you may be saying, all this talk about war has got me down. Wait just a minute. Didn't the angels, when they showed up and they spoke to the shepherds, not talk about war? That wasn't what was on their lips. Why is that on your lips tonight as we're preparing for Christmas? They came saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased. Oh yes, we read those words just a moment ago, didn't we? From Luke chapter 2, we know them by heart. It was peace that Christ came to bring to earth. But it was the kind of peace that would come as a victor of a war. It wasn't the kind of peace that the world often looks for. You know, the peace of having all family and at home and the kids come back from college and that delicious ham and sweet potato casserole and it's a wonderful life. All of the sweetness and beautiful aspects of what Christmas is all about, it's really not that kind of peace. You see, it's not a subjective feel-good peace, a kind of internal peaceful, easy feeling that we get during Christmas that is truly the spirit of Christmas and what Christmas is all about. It's not even what you'll often hear in in public news broadcasts or in, or, in a, or in a dialogue about Christmas in the public square that Jesus was really about uh, political peace. He was really about social peace. He really wants us just to all make nice with each other and get along. It's really what this Christmas is all about. That's the peace that the angels were speaking about. Oh no, it wasn't that kind of peace. It was a peace of a much greater kind. You see, the, the sense of felt peace... And the peace that happens between one another and even for the fleeting moments between men and nations has got to get down to the core of why there's a war. It's got to get down to the rift that runs right through human history, that runs right into your heart and into my heart. The reality of the fact that there is a rift between heaven and earth, that there is a war that has been taking place since Genesis chapter 3, and it's spiritual in nature. And we need a warrior to go and win victory for our peace. You see, if your peace is family getting together, well, your peace is very fragile because they're probably going to leave. And some of you are like, I hope so. But there are going to be some that you gather with Last year, that don't, you don't gather with this year because they are no more. And if your peace is found there, then your peace is fleeting. And if your peace is internal, if it's a subjective moment of listening to Bing Crosby by the fireplace, you know that it's going to go as fast as it came. And you're not going to be able to bottle up and capture it. Believe it or not, December the 26th, should the Lord tarry, will happen. And you may feel that post-Christmas hangover like a lot of people. You may even feel the fact that this Christmas didn't measure up to the expectations. That you had built up in your mind and your heart and you're back down to looking down the barrel of 2020 to a whole uncertain future that rattles you 
brings you unrest and frustration rather than peace. Do you see, if Jesus just came to bring his internal peace, would we all say that he was, well, that he failed? Because we certainly don't have that all the time. If he came to bring his political peace, we're in trouble. Because we certainly don't have that. No, he came to bring us eternal peace. A spiritual peace that's objective. When he on the cross became for us a substitute. When he took the place of what what we should have experienced, all of the sin, the wrongdoing, the ways that we've fallen short, all the brokenness that's characteristic of our lives, all the ways in which we know we're not the people we ought to be, even though we will barely ever say it. And we put up a good front. Even though all of that we know to be true, Jesus is the one who actually stood in the place and received the blow for you. He's the one who went to the cross in order to pay for the penalty of all of the sins of his people. He went there as the prophet Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 53 that by his wounds we would be healed. That he received our iniquities. That by his chastisement he brought us peace. He brought us peace. That the peace that really is about Christmas is a peace that is not about your feelings. It's a peace that's not about the political sphere or your family and how healthy it's going to be around that dinner table. This peace is of a much deeper and more profound kind. It's a peace that God wins for you and has won and offers to you if you trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. It's internal peace comes... When you gain a peace that can't be taken away from you. If peace is in family and cups of hot chocolate, it's going to go quickly. If peace is in politics and rulers and social fabric, then, well, we probably will never experience it in our lifetimes. But if peace has to do with what God has done for us in Christ, that we can't sabotage with our sinfulness and with our brokenness, if it comes by trusting in Christ alone for what we know we cannot do, and we know that he has bridged heaven and earth and right now stands as the mediator between God and man and looks out upon you and offers to you the good news to trust in him alone for your salvation, and you will know the peace that surpasses all understanding, that underneath you, And around about you are his everlasting arms. A foundation that's not built on circumstances. A foundation that's built on a rock whose name is Jesus that never moves. A peace that's unshakable, unflappable. An inheritance that's been won for you in heaven. Even on your worst days, that foundation doesn't budge. And on your best days, you don't add to the glory that he's already won for you in his salvation. When you look at that piece and you realize that only one place can it be found in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you see it, oh, you'll know internal peace then. You'll know then the peace that your heart is so hungry for. Friends, don't wake up December the 26th with a Christmas hangover. 
wake up the rest of your life with a foundation of peace that's built not on you or on those around you or on the circumstances of this life. Trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. Give your life away to him and find him to be enough. Find him to be your one and only joy. And in that joy, come the worst Christmas or the best, you will have Christ and you will find joy and peace are yours in him. When you have Christ, you don't have to wait to December the 25th for peace. You've got it every year of your life, every day that you pass through, into eternity, by his grace. Let's celebrate Christmas this year by remembering Christ. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we would ask you, to strip away from us the things that we tend to have confidence in and trust in, the things that we tend to look to to make us feel good, and why we get so disappointed when things don't turn out like we wished. It's because, Lord, our minds and our hearts have been fully captivated by the things of this world rather than the world to come. We've been looking at all of the gifts and the trappings of Christmas, and we've forgotten Christ at its center. Would you bring him right now by faith, front and center in our minds and our hearts? Would you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, overwhelm us with a vision of what he's accomplished for us in the cross and his victory over the res- in the resurrection? Would you help us to wake up tomorrow morning with a newfound peace that's not just about what we're going to get or what we're going to give or what we're going to eat and what we're going to do, but it's going to be about on what Jesus has done. Let us find a resting place there and a peace that lasts the rest of our lives. Father, hear this prayer according to the power of the Holy Spirit and apply it to our hearts in just the way needed. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.